0: Hey, this is Dr. Patty Sadala. Welcome to my Experience Jesus podcast. This episode was inspired by a video that I watched on YouTube where Lance Walnow was interviewing Chris Reed on his new book called The Seven Spirits of God. I will link that interview below this episode of the pattyej.podbean.com site. Briefly, the seven spirits of God are referenced in the book of Revelation, connected to the lampstand in the holy place of the temple. The overall purpose of the seven spirits is illumination or light that helps you see and understand the spiritual truth of who God is. The fullness of the seven spirits of God is essentially a synonym for the perfect fullness of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. There is one. Holy Spirit manifesting as these seven spirits of God. The true fullness of the Holy Spirit includes the seven spirits of God, the nine manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit that are released through the body of Christ, and the perfect nature and character of God included in the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians 5, to 23. I have done several episodes on the manifestation gifts of the Holy Spirit, which I'll link below as well. And while the fruit of the Spirit has been mentioned many times in other episodes, I have not yet done an episode on them, but I perhaps will. So, if you put together these three things, you begin to get a deeper sense of what the fullness of God actually includes. Revelation 4-5 says, from the throne came flashes of lightning and rumbling sounds and peals of thunder. The seven lamps of fire were burning in front of the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. The individual components of the seven spirits highlight key aspects of the Holy Spirit. Seven spirits of God include the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of Wisdom, the Spirit of Revelation, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Today's episode is focused on the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Chris Reed shared the experience where, while he was in the spirit, an angel took him to the library of heaven, and he was in the supernatural book section of the library and pulled the book off the shelf, which had the title, The Seven Spirits of God. He shared that the front cover had the Spirit of the Lord. And when he opened the book, each spirit was a thick page that were more like individual books, labeled with the Spirit of Wisdom, another page the Spirit of Revelation, the Spirit of Counsel the spirit of might, and the spirit of knowledge. The back cover of the book said, the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Then he noticed that the back cover was ripped off the back of the book, and all the inside pages fell off the floor. As they did, they disappeared. The angel explained to him that when the spirit of the Lord is stripped or ripped away, then all of the rest of the supernatural spirits will leave as well. In this, the fullness of the Holy Spirit is quenched. In Acts chapter 2, we see people waiting and praying and worshiping in the upper room for many, many days, waiting upon the Lord to send the Holy Spirit. There was great fear of the Lord present at that time, which welcomed the Holy Spirit, and he began to release signs, wonders, and miracles. It's important to note that this holy fear is not about being afraid. Actually, it is about reverence and honor and respect, and One of the most interesting things that Chris Reed said on the YouTube video was that when there is a strong fear of the Lord in someone's heart, there is no fear of anything else. Because when you know who the Lord is and who you are, then you know he's much bigger than anything that could ever hurt you. And there is awe and respect and reverence for that. And the Lord is welcomed with that heart posture. I thought it was interesting that the binding of the book was the front page being the spirit of the Lord and the back page being the spirit of the fear of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord represents the authority and lordship of God. We must humble ourselves and allow the Lord to be the leader of our lives, in order to have the humility required to welcome Him as well and receive everything that else that He has from us. But it's also interesting that the back cover was the fear of the Lord. And so that binding of first you must surrender and have him be your Lord, and the next is that you need to know who he is enough to honor and respect him for all of the other things on the inside, all of the other pages of the book, to be manifest in your life. Without surrender and respect, there's no humility. And without humility, there is pride. The Lord cannot come near pride. So without surrender and respect, there's no welcoming of the illumination of the Lord. And without him being welcome, he will not bring the power to release his will into the circumstances or situations that you're facing. The angel further clarified to Chris that we are living in a season, a season of time without the fear of the Lord. There is a lack of reverence and respect even in the church and especially in our culture. Chris clarified that without the fear of the Lord, there is lawlessness and evil is permitted way too casually. He shared that he believes that the problem is that we live in too much of a grace-based culture. In other words, The belief system is, God will love me no matter what I do, so I'll just do what I want to do. And this is not a biblical mindset. The entire chapter of Romans 6 covers this issue, but I'll just share a few verses from it as a reinforcement of this point. Romans 6, chapter 1. What shall I say to all of this? Should we continue to sin and practice sin as a habit? so that God's gift of grace may increase and overflow? Certainly not. How can we, the very ones who died to sin, continue to live in it any longer? Or are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We have therefore been buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead, through the glory and power of the Father, we might walk habitually in the newness of life, abandoning our old ways. For if we have become one with him permanently united in the likeness of his death, we will also certainly be one with him and share fully in the likeness of his resurrection. We know that our old self, Our human nature without the Holy Spirit was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we would no longer be slaves to sin, for the person who has died with Christ has been freed from the power of sin. Lance offered that this generation knows the love of the Lamb, but needs to know the power and justice of the Lion. God is both lamb and lion, his love and mercy as well as his justice and power. He also talked about the consequences that we feel in our culture today because of this present reality. We must return to a fear of the Lord to regain the power of the Lord. The fear of the Lord, in a sense, is almost the opposite of what we would consider fear. It's not about being afraid. To be afraid of God causes you to run and hide from Him. But to have a healthy fear of the Lord is to be terrified of being away from Him. A true fear of God abolishes all fear of anything else. To fear the Lord is to value Him more than anything or anyone else. God's heart desire is that we seek Him at this level. Proverbs 2, 4-6 says, If you seek skillfully and godly wisdom as you would silver, and search for her as you would hidden treasures, then you will understand the reverent fear of the Lord, that is, worshiping Him and regarding Him as truly awesome, and discover the knowledge of God. For the Lord God gives skillful and godly wisdom, from His mouth come knowledge and understanding, so here we see the connection between God's wisdom and knowledge being discoverable when your heart posture respects the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 15:33 says the fear of the Lord is the instruction for wisdom, and before honor comes humility. So you must humble yourself before the Lord for him to show you things and give you wisdom. Proverbs 8:13 says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and ignorance, and the evil way of the perverted mouth. Here we learn that the fear of the Lord is the opposite of evil selfishness, pride and arrogance, and again, it requires humility. Psalm 33, 8 says, let all the earth fear the Lord. Let its inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. God wants you to think and behave respectfully and honoring toward him, even as he is intimately welcoming you to a loving, personal, intimate relationship. In addition to humility, obedience is another thing that attracts the Lord or invites the Lord to draw near to you. If you humble yourself, Your eyes stop fixing on you and begin to fix on him. When you gaze at God, he gazes back and the powerful grace of his favor flows toward you. Your humility and your praise and worship invites him to gaze at you. Isaiah 66, 2b says, but to this one, I look graciously to him who is humble and contrite in spirit and who reverently trembles at my word and honors my commands. To reverently tremble means to immediately obey him. In order to make God's choices, you need to surrender. And in order to surrender, you need to listen to his voice and obey his direction. Delayed obedience is disobedience. So it's in your best interest to listen and immediately obey. Psalm thirty-four, eleven says, You children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. We even need to learn from the Lord how to fear the Lord. That's what that last verse tells me. You want to obey the Lord even if you don't understand why, even if it hurts, and even if you can't see it benefiting you. Obey because he's God and you're not. There are always reasons for each assignment. Some don't make sense until hindsight. But disobedience, because you don't understand, will have you missing blessings and others missing blessings as well. Exodus 20:20 says, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, for God has come in order to test you, and in order that the fear of him may remain with you, so you may not sin you're more likely to make godly choices when there are consequences, immediate consequences, to those decisions. Everything is a test, and every time God tests you in an area of sin, it's an opportunity for you to choose God's way. I can see the lessons I learned by these challenges in my life now. But in the moment, I did not have God's perspective to know what he was actually doing. You need to be comfortable with some of the unknowns as you learn to respect God for being God and understanding the role clarification of God being God and you being someone who follows God. That is a lesson that many of us struggle to learn, to realize that the way you want to go or your way is never going to be better than God's way. He is omniscient and omnipresent and omnibus benevolent and omnipotent you cannot beat his way by going your own way you might not know how this whole story is going to turn out but God does so he's preparing things for you in the future he's opening and closing doors and it might not make sense to you in the moment but he absolutely knows what he's doing what are some of the blessings connected with honoring and respecting the Lord well, the first one is friendship with God. Humility is a key component of the fear of the Lord because the Lord cannot come near pride. So, only those who humble themselves enough to truly fear the Lord invite Him into the intimate level of friendship. John fifteen fourteen says, "You are my friends if you keep on doing what I command you." And Psalm twenty five fourteen says, "The secret of wise counsel of the Lord." is for those who fear him and he will let them know his covenant and reveal to them through his word it's deep inner meeting you share your secrets with friends not strangers and not those you don't trust or who don't trust you i have an entire episode on how to be a friend of god that i will link below on the patty site for this episode The second and third blessings are joy and prosperity. Psalm one twelve one says, Praise the Lord, hallelujah. Blessed, fortunate, prosperous, and favored by God is the man who fears the Lord with awe-inspired reverence and worships him with obedience, who delights greatly in his commandments. Joy is deeper than happiness because happiness is circumstantial. Joy is one of the characteristics of God's character in in the Galatians fruit of the Spirit and is sourced from the indwelling Holy Spirit. It will cause you to have God's perspective at the most intermost part of your being when you respect and obey the Lord just because he deserves it. And not because of your circumstances. I want you to note here that the Lord is promising prosperity. Prosperity is not a bad thing, unless your heart's desire for it is selfish. Prosperity is a blessing added to you because of your heart posture of the fear of the Lord. If you look at who the heroes of the faith were in the Bible— Many of them were among the wealthiest people alive at the time, Job, David, Solomon, Abraham. But they all loved the Lord with all their hearts and obeyed him. The fear of the Lord is a selfless heart posture, and the Lord rewards selflessness with incredible blessings. And he adds wealth to those with that proper heart posture because he trusts that they will use those funds to advance the kingdom and bless other people. So do not be afraid of prosperity or joy in your Christian life. Those are two things that the Lord wants for you. He's just letting you know here how to receive them. The next blessing is that it casts out the fear of all other things. Fears of the world come from the enemy. But the word tells us not to be afraid of anything. Psalm 112:7 says, He will not fear bad news; his heart is steadfast, trusting, confidently relying and believing in the Lord. His heart is upheld; he will not fear while he looks with satisfaction on his adversaries. And Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not fear anything, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Be assured I will help you. I will certainly take hold of you with my righteous right hand, a hand of justice, power, victory, and salvation. The next blessing is wisdom. Proverbs 1.7 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So we learn here it's foolish to not seek God's wisdom or go your own way. Psalm 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, a good understanding of all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. This is reinforcing obedience again. I believe there is a connection between the fear of the Lord and the manifestation gift of faith. This gift of faith allows you to believe God for exactly what is required in the moment that it's needed. If you have a heart posture of the fear of the Lord, reverently seeing God in the grandness and the truth of who he really is, it's easier to trust him and it's easier for him to trust you And show up in the moment that you need him to so that you can release the exact thing that needs to happen for the circumstance to advance the kingdom. I work with people that are afraid of things all the time. And just even doing the research on this podcast helps me see them through the filter of the lack of the fear of the Lord. They believe that their issues are very big and their God is very small. This type of belief system leads to ensnarement and empowers the enemy to keep you in fear. A lack of the fear of the Lord is to have a small, weak picture of God. Your small picture of him does not have the power to diminish him in any way, any more than you believing that gravity doesn't exist would prevent you from jumping off a cliff to your death. Your lack of faith in gravity does not diminish the truth of gravity. But your small understanding of the Lord encourages and allows for a much bigger imagination of the enemy. And the enemy can work with that because the enemy needs your permission to be able to mess with you as we've discussed in other episodes. The enemy is not really bigger, your problems are not really bigger, your circumstances are not really bigger, but you believe them to be so, so the enemy will reveal himself to look bigger. This reminds me of when Dorothy and company pulled back the curtain to see the truth about how small the Wizard of Oz actually was. He was not who they thought he was. The Lord worked on this issue of worry for me, which is why my dissertation wound up being my How to Live a Worry-Free Life book. And the major lessons of that book are summed up in three things. You must discover who God really is, his nature, his character, and his promises. And in doing so, you discover who you really are, your true identity and inheritance, as a child of the living God, including the rules of pulling down the promises on earth as it is in heaven. And thirdly, you must fix your eyes on Jesus because when you fix your eyes on your problems, the problems grow bigger. Whatever you fix your eyes on grows bigger. So when you fix your eyes on the truth of who God really is, then he becomes bigger. And You are united with Him to partner with the plans He has for you. You will do this without fear, and you will live by incredible faith and power. Your life can be marked by signs, wonders, and miracles. Filtering all of your life challenges through those lenses, the truths found in the Word of God completely casts out all fear and worry. And I have been living with that filter since 2016. I never really realized, though, that that is the process of learning the lessons needed to fear the Lord. I never put that together. But it really is about understanding who he is, who you are, how to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and not on your circumstances that increases your uh, respect and reverence for the Lord and welcomes his presence greater in your life. Those mindset changes of truly seeing who God really is in the Bible by noticing his names, promises, the conditions of those promises, and through highlighting the absolute words helped helped me to see. Absolute words are things like always, never, forever, They're inclusively about everyone. That's important for you to see, especially if you're wrestling with the spirit of worthiness, because that makes you outside of an everyone scripture verse, and that's just not biblical. So when you can begin to see the truth of who he is through those lenses, you see the promises and it will increase Your fear of the Lord, your clarity of wisdom, your direction, your intimacy, more than you ever thought possible. This is actually the pathway to Christian maturity. Proverbs 14, 27 says, The fear of the Lord is the fountain of life, that one may avoid the snares of death that leads to everlasting life. The last blessing is that it actually changes your character and leads to holiness. You learn how to behave consistent with the Lord's will when you have a fear of the Lord. This leads to godly decision-making and actions. Psalm 128 says, How blessed is everyone who fears the Lord and walks in his ways. To walk in his ways means you're allowing him to guide you. You're doing things His ways. So you begin to gain confidence in His protection over you, His guidance over you. There is stability no matter what. Isaiah 33, 6 says, And He will be the stability of your times, a wealth of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is His treasurer. For something to be your treasure means that you devote time, money, and talents to it. It reveals your priority. True satisfaction in life comes from living in sync and obedience with the Lord who protects you from evil and equips you for your calling. Welcome him by increasing the fear of the Lord. Before we dive into our encounter today, I wanted to take a moment to ask you for a blessing. If you have learned some new things and have drawn closer to God by this podcast, please pray for the Lord to multiply it and allow the Lord to pop a few names into your spirit for whom you could share this podcast with. Simply text or email them the link to the pattyej.podbean.com site and let them know why you've been blessed by it. And please check out my books, journals, and downloadable resources at pattysadalacom shop. This is a starting point for all of our experiences with Jesus. For best results, it is always good to properly posture your heart for your experience by welcoming Jesus's presence with praise and thanksgiving and playing with him in a special place as a child for a few minutes before asking for anything from him. After spending some time with the Lord, just hanging out with him and having a little bit of fun, Ask the Lord to show you any area of your heart where you have made him too small or you have in some way taken him for granted and treated him perhaps like a genie who you believe is there to serve your wants and desires and, and really not quite acknowledging who you're talking to in these intimate places. Confess and repent anything he shows you that you need to change in that area. Say this prayer, Lord, forgive me for making you too small in my life. Humble me, Lord, and give me a right understanding of who you are and who I am in you. And just allow the Lord to show you and speak into your heart about the blessings he has for you when you really, truly understand who he is and allow him to show you more of the truth of who he is and take all the time you need and record it all in your journal. Well, I hope today you were able to see the Lord in a much bigger scale than perhaps you're used to. And I hope that you have drawn closer to him by the conversation that you were able to have with him, that your life will be changed as you learn how to